We gotta get going. We have to go. We're go, gonna go. go right yeah, now. Let's do, do it. Now. Get that. Just you, you do it, and you go, and you just bam, and you another just get club. It. Another, another club. club. Playing. Another club. Bus. Just another keep club. Going. No sleep. Yeah. And if you didn't hear it the first time, I'll say it for say you. It, say it again. <laughs> another club. Another club. <laughs> bus. Said this on uh, almost every single podcast that we've started since. I don't know for the past week since Lady Gaga was a woman. No, since the last whenever. Um, um, Jenna, Gina, Gina, Gina. There you go. Was here. Gina. I was close. <laughs> Her name's actually nope. Gianna. Gianna. Uh, whenever we watched that here, and I think we've said that ever since then. Nothing. And that was what four Nothing. weeks ago, three weeks ago, sometime. I don't know. It's I have no concept Tuesday. of time. Yeah, probably no concept of time. I think it actually was like last week. Was it really? Was it last week? No, I think it was two weeks ago. But it was like Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was Memorial Day weekend. That was two weeks ago. Oh my god. Shit. <laughs> what? Man, what are days? I don't know. We were just watching uh, uh, the uh episode about time. I I don't know what time is after time. Time after time. No. <laughs> I watched uh, all day too, and um, all I have to say is, Hooves birthdays are it. Yep. Me. It's mine. You don't know that part? No. Where they were like asking people to come on stage and they were like we're gonna give you a free shot so i have to go out to the audience whose birthdays are it but she mispronounces and says whose birthdays are it hello <laughs> well <laughs> whose birthdays are it uh well my birthday is coming up it is Next friday june 12th Woo! so <laughs> i mean do you still feel 36 or do you already feel 37 no, i'm feeling like 43 right now He's not 43. No, I know. That was a read. That was a read. <gasps> uh, uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, wasn't my God. To do. I realized that because I was going to go higher. But I was like, no, I'm, I don't feel that old. And then I was like, wait. 57. <laughs> Let me just tell you about this knee replacement. Honestly, these knees, they're cracking. Rickety, crickety. They, they are rickety, crickety, girl. They're rigor Morris. Nick knock, Nick Who's more? Nick knock, <laughs> Hello. I don't know what's happening. We're just making weird farcical sound effects. Well, you <laughs> know. Wow, wow, wow. How is that different than any other week? Mm. So, um, Very true. Well, I'm pretty certain these drinks have already hit me. So, mm, mm, mm. not really. Mm. Uh, so, we're doing a speed run through of yes. our spoopy podcast today, which is we still going to be two hours. So, yeah, I know. Um, we're trying to talk fast. Uh, just a little plug for our uh, segment. <laughs> this is the premiere date of. Oh, that too. But AS5. <laughs> All stars. Yeah. So we got to rush through it and we got to bust. Pound it out. Another club. <laughs> Pound it out. Another club. Bus. Plane. Um, but also uh, make sure that you guys are tuning in on Fridays or whenever we record um, for our um, season two segments that we started with Craft Cocktails with Chris and Sizzling with Spencer. Uh, because this week we did Craft Cocktails and it's Pride Month. Happy Pride, Happy girl. Pride Month. Um, so let's talk about guys. So boys uh, challenged us to do some craft cocktails. So I made a delicious roast sleigh all day. It's so very delicious. It's delicious. So if you want to know the recipe, go watch that. It should be po- Did you click the button to post it? Yeah. Okay. Is it posted? Do we know? Yeah. I hope so. Oh, it says uploading video still. I don't know if it's up. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it should be posted. I really hope that it's getting posted. Um, and you can watch it and see uh, how to make it. And it's fantastic. It's a delicious little pride drink. And let me tell you, it's strong. Uh, and it tastes fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And I also want to say something. Tell me about it. I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Well, I'm, I, yeah, okay. I was, um, okay. Uh, what were you going to say? No, I was looking for it. I oh, can't okay. find it. <laughs> I have it in a nice little Word document. I'm like, I did. And then my computer died. Oh. And then I decided that I would never save it again. Oh, well, that's a problem. So, I'm going to tell you about Baked Bones! Baked Bones! Uh, a recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. While we are growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you're a dog parent, you probably already know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way that we can, but what about the anxiety that we may have passed on to our dogs? Baked Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Baked Bones has your dog covered. 
Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BakeBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and the other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 10% now with promo code SPOOPY10. SPOOPY10. S-P-O-O-P-Y-1-0. Baked Bones is LGBTQ owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the United States. Wow. 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 We love Baked Bones because uh, Bailey has loved everything about them. She is so calm, so relaxed. Collected. Her anxiety is just like, she just like, she'll be laying there and like I'll hear like a loud noise and in, in the past I used to like look at her and be like, she okay? She's gonna do it. And she's just like laying there, just like happy, asleep. And I, I don't know if it's her old age or CBD, but why not both? She's done her taxes. <laughs> yeah. She watches QVC every afternoon. Yeah. She just relaxes. Orthopedic shoes. <laughs> on her little, on her on little, her little hoofs. Yeah. And she's taking up salsa. Yeah. For exercise, you know, because yeah. you need to do stuff or, or else you're just gonna lose it. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yep. Um, so who went first last time? Was it? I think it was you. Okay, so you go first. What are you going to tell us about? You excited? You ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm uh, choosing topics that are very uh, not real <laughs> because I don't oh. feel like talking about some things right now. Oh, realistic things. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm going to do a creepypasta. <clears throat> okay. This is going to be the Anasazi or Anan Anansi. Goatman. Anansi. Anansi? Yeah. Anansi Goatman. Uh, it's one of the most classic creepypastas. I think you talked about it previously. Good. Or good. was that the, the skin skin man? Not the skin man. The What's the one that like walks around on all fours and is like covered in skin? The rake? No. The Wendigo? What? The Wendigo. There you go. That's what you're talking about. Is it similar to that? It Well, it's technically a Wendigo. Oh! Whoa. Okay, yeah. let's talk about it. So, <clears throat> it's creepypasta, but it does have some truth because of the, the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the story, we're brought to the setting. The narrator is 16 years old. Um, they're from Chicago, and they visit their uncle and cousin who live in an Alabama. Uh, call, the f- call back. Fucking <laughs> Alabama. They're going to go fuck their cousin. <laughs> Anyways, large Anyways. farm they own. Also a bad sign. Yeah. Lots of cousins. Um, so, while visiting his cousin, um, he suggests that they go camping in one of the trailers that the uncle has had on the land for hunting. So they collect some food and necessities and head out to a camp for a few days. Uh, When they happen upon a trailer they intend to camp at, they smell a strange electric smell like ozone. Uh, But they ignore it and they head... What does ozone smell like? Electricity or um, copper, kind of. Hmm. Weird. Like uh, when a thunderclap, there's a smell. You never smelled it? Smell like burning. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. Or, like, when you, uh, I don't know. Just that, I guess. <laughs> just, ozone smells like ozone. Just yeah. get it right. <laughs> or, like, when you plug in something incorrectly. And it sparks a little bit? Yeah. Like or metal in the microwave. I do Ooh. that every day. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a light show. <laughs> Fireworks. I don't I've do gone through all. 17 microwaves. I can't <laughs> tell why. <laughs> they just keep dying. And I've... It's just the same fork every just, time. <laughs> the fork is lasting so much longer. The fork is fine. It's the microwaves that keep just blowing it out. on fire. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, they smell ozone, um, but they ignore it and they head down to the nearby creek for a swim. Uh, while down at the creek, they run into a father and son duo uh, out with a out hunting. They have a shotgun. Ooh. They say hello. Uh, the father tells his kids to stick together out here because they saw. Oh my goodness. Signs of a large animal. My cursor was all the way at the bottom and I was like, page down. It was like five pages down. (laughs) You want to be at the end? Bye. Yeah. Um, So they find him and they say, he says, keep together. Uh, So they begin to depart. But the kid with the father asks if he can stay and hang out with the group. Father says, okay. Yeah. Hang out with all those strangers. (laughs) All out. I did it again. Five pages down. Um, so they all end up playing football. Uh, there's the new kid, Tanner. Okay. And five of his cousins and four of their friends. So there's five girls and six boys total. All around 15 to 17. Problem. 
Problem. Uh, that they, just sounds like a mess. Problematic. That's eleven teenagers in the woods. Play. No. No. Hard pass. Uh, they continue playing around until uh, the end of the day, and they head back to camp, pulling out things for a campfire, even though the trailers had kitchenettes. Tanner says that he wants to walk to his house and ask his dad if he can stay out camping with them. So the narrator's cousin, Rooster, and one of the girls accompany him back since it's getting dark. It's 7 p.m. The rest of the group chills out. Around 7.30, the narrator notices the ozone smell again. He could smell it over the fire. Only this time, it's beginning to pivot towards smelling like copper. They search the trailer for the smell, but are unable to locate it. Okay. Just then, Tanner, Rooster, and the girl come running down the path and pass everyone uh, at the fire, and they run directly into the trailer. The others follow, thinking there's something chasing Rooster, Tanner, and the girl. They're all sobbing. This is at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, sun is not set yet. Unless it's in the winter. It's time. September. Wait, oh, in Alabama. Alabama. It's still sunny, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, the sun must be going down. They're in the woods, so it's mm-hmm. at least going below the trees. Oh, yeah, it's definitely below the trees. Um, so, they all run in there, and the others are trying to console, but notice that the fire's going out. One of the cousins says they're going to go start up the generator. Tanner says, fuck no, lock the door. Nobody go outside, and begins to tell the story of what was going on by his house. He tells everyone that a few days before, they, there had been a dead pig on his lawn, ripped apart by what they assumed were coyotes. His dad suggested to bring a rifle, but he didn't think he needed it, because the coyotes tend to stay away from people. On their way back, they begin to hear stuff in the forest. It's almost pitch black at this time, so I guess it does... That was weird. The little light in the corner started flickering. Oh. Because it, it's solar activated. Oh. That's um, weird. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. <laughs> hey. Goat man. I know. Um, <clears throat> so it's almost pitch black at this time, by their own account. So they shine their flashlights towards the bushes. As the beams settle on a person standing with their back towards the group. Oh, boy. They shouted at him and continued walking. The smell of copper is stronger. They look to the other side of the path, and the man is standing there, but a little closer, still with their back towards them. They continue a little ga- uh, uh, again a little faster and begin to hear a gibberish emanating from the wi- woods on both sides and a jerking movement through the trees. Oh, no. When they could finally see the light from the campfire, something came out of the woods onto the path about 40 yards behind them. They booked it into the trailer. Oh, yeah. Uh, why, are you, why are you leaving the trailer? You saw some out there. No, not me. Not going out there. Hey, the woods are too creepy. Too much. <laughs> well, they left during the day and they're coming back at night. Yeah, I know that's the problem. Why? Why'd you do that? Stay there. Stay overnight. Just lay on the floor. Well, they went good back to get the gun. Oh my god. <laughs> they went to his house to come back to the trailer. Oh, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> one of the cousins pipes up that they're going. They went to school with a native kid. Who told them they were there was a, a creature that lived in the woods, mm-hmm. the Goat Man, oh body of a man, head of a goat. He keeps going on and on about it and won't shut up. He tells them that the creature is a shapeshifter that likes to enter groups and terrorize them. He later talks about it and refers to it as the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. The group continues to panic, and all of a sudden, the copper smell disappears. It's around nine or ten p.m., so some of the kids feel all right enough to go outside and stoke the fire. They stay the night, deciding it was probably some rednecks, uh, and then they were to walk home. If they were to walk home, they'd be chased. So they stay, and nothing else weird happens. So they decide to stay a second night. No, no. Next day, I would have been like, get me the fuck out of here. As soon as day broke and the sun was over my fucking head, I'd be like, get me out. Hey, I'm leaving. you're I'm 15 out. or 17. Stupid. Stupid. Even I wasn't that stupid at 15 and 17. I was more scared of you things than I You were out cow tipping. In the past, In charts? Yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't ever tip cow tip, surprisingly. Surprisingly. <laughs> the cows, yeah. they just... They just fell over on their own. <laughs> <laughs> we had nothing to do with it. Roll down Fucking the hills. Fucking cows. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, cows. Um, <clears throat> so, they st- stay the second night, and again, nothing really happens until about one in the morning. Okay. They're outside telling stories and drinking. The witching hour. Drinking. At 15. Year 15, 17, somewhere around there. Yeah. Ma'am, no. It's not appropriate. Uh, the smell returns. I need to talk to your mothers. It's, Give a good finger wagon. This is also like early 2000s. Wow, so that was not that long ago. I know. Wow. Uh, I know. It's crazy. Nobody has a cell phone either. No. 
That's what um, I'm going to say. Why don't you guys call them for help or something like that? No cell phones. No cell phones. I figured that it was a time that did not have cell phones. Well, they don't really specify it, but it was written in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine it's either from the late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the smell comes back and one of the girls vomits because it's so strong. Oh, Lord. They go back into the trailer and the cousin starts up again about the goat man. The narrator feels like something is wrong, but can't put his finger on it. Some time passes, and they decide to cook hot dogs to eat because they're all starving. On the fire the outside, and no, also one o'clock inside. in the morning. Inside, it has a kitchen. Oh, okay. They're like boiling them. Yeah, I've done that. Gross. Um, <clears throat> hot dogs. So I love hot dogs, but I wouldn't boil them. Well, how do you make them? On, on a stick. Or if I can eat them here, I'll put them in the microwave. How is that better? <laughs> Than boiling. There's though. hot dog water involved in yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Hot dog water. Mm. <laughs> Noodle weenie Next dogs. Next cocktail with Chris. <laughs> hot, hot dog water <laughs> with a little bit of vodka <laughs> and some pasta. Oh, gross. Uh, disgusting. Why hot are you like this? Hot dog water. Hot dog water. Have you never seen Brittany Broski talk? She does yes. a TikTok and she says, uh, <laughs> Vinny, Tony, Anthony, Vincent, guys, come on over tonight. We're having the favorites. Uh, noodle weenie dogs. Oh, God. Noodle weenie dogs. <laughs> and she, it's uh, hot dog cut pieces with... Mac and cheese? <laughs> no, with oh. spaghetti stuck through it. And then you boil it. That sounds fantastic. Noodle I want to do that. Dogs. I want to try it. I, there's no sauce, though. It's just hot dogs and spaghetti pasta. Mm. Ew. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Noodle weenie dogs. So the narrator cooks these 12 hot dogs. There's 11 people, so one for everyone and an extra. Uh, one of the cousins complains that the narrator got two, and he only got one. Oh, boy. And he said, no, this is my first one. And okay. so then one of the girls screams and said, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, get it out. And they all scream, and they get out of the cabin. They count the people. There are 11. There was 11 when they got there. And all the hot dogs are gone. How many hot dogs were there? 12. <gasps> um, they had been hanging out with 12 people all day. How? How are you just like, oh, look, there's another person. <laughs> Bitch. They all panic and find weapons and head back into the trailer. There is no one there. They lock the door. Was there 11 in the trailer? They count again at 11. Mm-hmm. They asked the girl what had happened, and she said she'd realized that there were too many people in the cabin, and that she, as just as she did, the person sitting next to her grabbed her leg hard and leaned in. She, it said something that she couldn't understand. Oh, boy. They passed the night huddled together. Some of them fall asleep. Early in the morning, some of the group begins to pack to leave. Four people want to wait until the sun goes all the way up to leave. And some others think that the group is just fucking around and they still want to stay in the trailers. Yeah, I still would have just been... Air on the side of caution always. Seriously, girl? Hey. <laughs> Super in the ice roll. What's the fucking wrong with you? Um, <clears throat> some of the others... Blah, 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 blah. The girl who the goat man touched is named Kiara. She's not say- staying another night. So the morning... You say Kiara with a G? Kiara. Oh, I was like... Oh. Gira. Gira. She's, uh, she's a, uh, uh, what do you call those things? You can't, we have talked about this time exchange and time again. Student. She's an exchange <laughs> student from Poland. You can't just be like, you know, what is it, what's it called? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> fucking trying to figure it out myself. I didn't ask you for nothing. But you look at me, you just like, wait, like, for Oh an my answer. God, because you're so, you're not getting it. You just don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> Christ. Lord. Um, so, <clears throat> Kiara is not staying another the night. They decide to split up. Four people leave. The narrator has to stay because he needs to lock up the cabin. It's his uncle's. Mm-hmm. He wants to spend the day, or he spends the day trying to convince everyone to leave. There are eight people. Four, four guys and four girls. Tanner wants to stay, but heads back with the other group to get a rifle. So now there are seven. By 10 p.m., Tanner hasn't made it back. At 5.30, one of his cousins noticed that Kiera is outside of the trailer with her back to the trailer. Well, nope. Everyone is wondering why she would come back, and then they can smell it again. They smell the coppery, bloody smell. The narrator tells the group, and the group laughs at him, asking if this is a setup. 
One of the girls walks out to get Kiera, and halfway there, she stops. Kiera is heaving, like laughing but without sound. In fact, there's no sound at all. The entire woods are quiet. Oh, boy. The girl comes back inside, and they lock the door. They close the blinds. Without Kiera. Yeah. Well, Kiera, quote-unquote. Hey. (laughs) Uh, And they close all the blinds except one and put a guy there to watch. They watch. Lock the doors. Let's tight. have a kiki. <laughs> uh, they watch Kira for 20 minutes and she doesn't move at all. Yep. The guy turns around to tell the group, and as he does, there's a banging on the door. They panic and scramble. One of the cousins opens the door, and it's Tanner. He falls in, rifle in hand. He explains that he was walking up to the camp and saw a girl, not Kira, standing there. She turned towards him with a slack jawed look and just stared at him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do to everybody when I think of slack I just like I think like open mouth just like <laughs> like surprised <laughs> no no way um, so uh, he said he slowly watched him as he walked around the outside of the clearing towards the camp he said it wasn't until he was almost halfway to the trailer that he had realized that she was getting closer to him she had started off by the fire without even seeing her, her move. She suddenly had been turning, inching closer. He said she just, he just ran the rest of the way of the cabin, thinking that the door would open. And we got to the door. It was locked. He turned, and he was about half, it was about half the distance to the door. between so sprinting at him. Yeah. Well, not moving at all, though. Oh. Just ma- magically getting closer and closer. Yeah. Tanner then pulls the narrator aside and tells him, there are only seven people here. What happened to the eighth person? The narrator is in awe. When the others left, the goat men had slipped inside with them. So we went from 11, we lost four down to that seven. went home. Mm-hmm. Down to seven, but he counted eight people. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. There were only seven all along, never eight. Everyone in the room counts and confirms. Tanner brought back the rifle and some ammo and asked his dad to have his cousin come down a couple hours and stay the night. That way, in the morning, his cousin could drive everyone home. The group gets into an argument, and some suggest this is still a prank. One of the girls tries to leave, but everyone stops her. The sun is going down, and it's getting really cloudy out. They have something to eat and turn on the radio, but there really aren't any stations coming through. Then Tanner's cousin shows up. The group whispers to Tanner to make sure that he recognizes his cousin. The cousin asks where their little buddy is. Everyone is confused. Then asks if they've been cooking with blood in the cabin, because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. They ask him about the girl. He said he was walking down the trail and came upon one of the your guys' buddies standing in the middle of the trail, looking at him. Slack job. He had asked her a bunch of questions, but all she did was just look at him. Then she smiled at him, and he kept walking. She couldn't seem to keep up with him, and kept lagging a bit. He asked her if she was hurt or something and needed any help, but she continued to stare. Eventually, he had been walking and turned around another bend in the trail. When he turned around to see if she was still following and okay, the trail was empty. Oh, she disappeared. He assumed that she had taken some shortcut through the woods. They begin to tell him the story of what had been happening to them. And they continue to tell him, or the cousin continues to tell him she had kept trying to lag behind him. It kind of weirded him the fuck out, so he tried to keep her in front of him. But no matter how slow he walked, she was always lagging a little bit behind. And then he smelled the nasty smell. And it got stronger as he got towards the camp. And eventually it got really, really strong. She had said something really low that he couldn't catch. When he had turned around, she had been right the fuck up on him. And he stepped back from her. So he's all like calm because he hasn't been there this entire time. He's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Crazy bitch. Yeah. Uh, At this point, he asked if she was okay. And if she wasn't, he would carry her the rest of the way back to the camp. She just kept staring. And he had reached out for her as if to grab her on the shoulder. But he must have misjudged the distance because she was off to the side where he had put his hand. Like she had moved while he was looking dead at her. Tanner and his cousin. That's like that drunk gun. Do you remember that? It was probably like a. 
Well, I'm reaching for you right in front of me, and it's like Whoop. way over here. <laughs> Fall. Yeah. Nothing's here. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, Tanner and his cousin load their rifles, and everyone is, has something to eat. And they just kind of sit around waiting for sunrise. At about 11 p.m., the copper smell returns, but worse, as if the stove in the trailer had a boiling pot of blood and hair. Yeah. Tanner and his cousin bolt upright, and they grab their rifles. There's kind of a knocking slash clawing at the door, and a vo- voice that sounds like screaming cats saying, Let me the fuck in, I'm not playing with you. Oh, God. Which is exactly what Tanner said mm-hmm. when he came back. So it is obviously not a person. The voice has no cadence and no rhythm. They yell at the voice, asking who it is. All it can say is, in, or, let me the fuck in. And then the smell goes away for about an hour, and they can hear someone stalking around the camp, coming back to the door and saying things. Finally, the smell fades at around 2 a.m. Tanner's cousin screams, fuck this, and opens the door, walks out, and fires shots into the air, saying in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ, go away. Because it's Alabama. Um, and then there's this gibberish coming from the woods and a screaming starts like a woman and a cat screaming simultaneously so this thing is pissed off because they won't let it in and it's changing shapes and doing all sorts of crazy things outside to terrorize them yeah Mm -hmm. tanner's cousin fires into the tree uh fires into the tree line and runs back inside they lock the door tanner's cousin said something came out of the brush and it was coming towards him super fast and low to the ground and that was pretty much it for the rest of the night. The narrator eventually fell asleep, but Tanner stayed up to watch for a while, and they left in the morning. Two days later, Tanner told the narrator this, and I'll read it direct from the passage for effect. Oh, boy. <clears throat> he said he had been nodding off after the screaming and noises. Wait, who said this? Tanner? Yeah. Okay. This is his recollection of the evening. Got it. He said he had been nodding off uh, after the screaming and noises finally stopped. And he had been almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor and just go to sleep. He assumed it was one of us and had, he had nodded off. Then he said he kind of realized something was wrong. And while pretending to be asleep, he counted us. There were nine people in the cabin. Mm-hmm. That's one more. There should only be eight. Mm-hmm. He basically didn't want to try to shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all then and there. Or have Reese wake up and start shooting, and then we kill ourselves. So he just stayed awake all night, pretending to be asleep. He said sometimes it would stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing, or heave like it was laughing, but then it would lay back down. The story closes pretty weak, because from my perspective, nothing happened. We just woke up, and I had noticed that Tan was a little jittery, and that he was avoiding looking at all of us. But we ate some breakfast and packed up and started walking back to his house. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up and bring me my uncle's keys to just start walking and he'd catch up, which I didn't really want to fucking do. We got up a little bit up the path and he came running up. Basically, we just jogged back to his house. He took His cousin took us all home. There was a window in the bathroom. Tan had gone back to lock up and looked in there. We were all too stupid to lock a screenless window. The window was fucking up when he went in there. I'm guessing it had it had been doing that all along, waiting for us to fall asleep and slip back in, getting on, getting in among us. It walked with us all the way back to his house. He said it was lagging to the back of the group, and then it looked him dead in the eyes before walking back into the woods. <laughs> like, you tricked. You got me. You got you me, You knew <laughs> I was going to kill you guys, but I didn't know that you knew I knew. Mm-hmm. They got me, gal. <laughs> so he was sneaking in. And through doing, the bathroom window. Yeah, through the bathroom window. And terrorizing them. Yeah. Shape-shifting to look like... Their friends. Their friends, yeah. but... I don't know. That's crazy. Wendigos. Wendigos. Because I'm pretty certain that there's an, another name for them is Skinwalkers, right? Or something like that? Skinwalker, I usually con- make similar to the rake. I don't know what that is. It's another creature. Yeah, creature in the forest. Forests are fucking crazy, hey. okay? Make sure you don't go camping by yourself. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah, just by yourself. I'm going camping in the in the living room tonight. Yeah. I'm going to put up a little... Tent. Glamping at the lake house is not the same thing as camping. Okay? If okay. you sleep outside, it is. Yeah. But did you sleep outside? I have. Girl. No, ma'am. Not in this house. We do not stand Dahlia Black. We absolutely <laughs> do. No. 
Um, okay, well, that was spoopy, and I was on the edge of my seat, and I was shaking my leg a lot. <laughs> because creepy pastas, when they're real creepy, they get me. So now I'm going to be like, is that the goat man? Wait, now, are, are, wait, hold on. There's four people here. There's supposed to be four people here? <laughs> no, that one's Kennedy. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Sure, it's the goat man still. Ooh. He looks like it. No. <laughs> He's a baby. He's a little tiny mammities. Um, okay, well, I'm going to tell you about something else that's spoofing. Oh, do it. Um, have you ever heard of the Butcher Baker? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, well, <laughs> well, there's some information out there, and there's also not much information out there. And I'll get to why there's not much information out there, because it wasn't a very publicized case. And there's a reason for it. Because it's England in the mid-1800s. No. Um, and this was actually 20, 30, 40 years ago. I can't do math. The 80s? Um, yeah. Come on, 80s. Woo! Um, so, do you want to take bets on how this is going to go down? His name's the Butcher Baker. Yeah, think it's so gonna be like um, I think that he makes pies of people. Cannibalism? Murder? Both. Ghosts? Maybe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm. My guess is cannibal uh, murderer. Okay. That's a good guess. This is uh, Sweeney Todd. I, that was my guess as well. It's not. I'm, I'm, we'll okay, see. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, but let me go ahead and tell you. Uh, did you also know that uh, as I was Googling this, so this occurs in Alaska. Um, did you oh, know that Alaska why. is the state with the most serial killers per capita? Yeah, because only like 20,000 people live there. I know, but there's also a lot of serial killers there. So <laughs> Not as many as Wisconsin. Mm, child. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey. Hey. Uh, so his name is Robert Hansen. Uh, he was born in Iowa of 1939, and he followed his Danish immigrant father's footsteps to become a baker. Uh, growing up, he and his father had a strained relationship, and he practiced hunting and archery as his favorite pastimes. Um, as a child and teenager, he was extremely shy, uh, tall and skinny, taller than most other people. Uh, in Alaska? Had a, no, so in Iowa. He's in, in Iowa right now. Oh. Yeah, first he's in Iowa. Uh, he had a stutter and severe acne that people called basically like, he 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 later re recollected calling it like basically one big pimple is what he called it, uh, which yeah, and it, it left him with like permanent scars on his face. Uh, girls used to make fun of him in school, uh, which honestly sounds no different than my high school days, except I didn't have acne, so um, I was lucky. They just made, you, made fun what? of you for being gay, and I was like, I'm not gay. I have a girlfriend. I love women. <laughs> Pussy. No. I love. I didn't even go that far. Chicken breasts. Oh, yeah. It's, it's chicken breasts. No. Uh, what's that noise? Huh? Huh? Anyways, I'm hearing things. Oh, there you go. Uh, hello? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, he called me sensitive oh? and the gossip today. Oh, my gosh. What are you gossiping about? And he said I have a blemish. <gasps> I do, too. Right here on my forehead. And I'm angry. After I just got done saying that I didn't have acne, I'm like, <laughs> I only get a couple blemishes every once in a while. Um, anyway, so he had like a lot of problems going going forward. Um, he enlisted in the Army Reserve in 1957 and was Army discharged. Army Reserve. Reserve and was discharged. Yeah, this rose, rose sleigh all day is uh, pretty strong. Shake um, Coulee. Shake. <gasps> all sorts of five. <gasps> That's yeah. tonight. Yeah. Huh? We have 45 minutes. Chop, chop. Um, can I finish this in 45 minutes? I don't know. I had five pages and I finished it in 20. I, <laughs> I can do it. Um, he was discharged a year later and then he met a young woman and married her in 1960. Didn't get any name. Don't, don't know. But like I said, a lot um, of this is 1960? Uh, uh, Mary. Guess where? Sarah. No. Beth. I don't know. Betsy. Um, name a woman. Name a woman. Pocahontas. Ah! No. But no, no. Uh, I'm naming that because that's where they got married at. Pocahontas, Iowa. That's why I said it, it was the next word. <laughs> Pocahontas. I, the only woman that I was able to name. Uh, spoiler alert, this was a short-lived marriage because uh, he was arrested on December 7th of 1960 for burning down the Pocahontas Board of Education school bus garage. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's a very specific thing. Just be, I'm burning <laughs> it down. There it I'm goes. I'm sick of kids learning. I'm going to get their Bar road of transportation. Yeah. Uh, he served 20 months in jail, during which time his wife divorced, divorced him. Uh, while in custody, he was also diagnosed with uh, diagnosed by a psychiatrist for a bipolar disorder with periodic schizophrenic episodes. Uh, the psychiatrist, which, which basically means you had schizophrenia, right? Or do, uh, maybe I'm missing something here. What was it again? Schizophrenia and 
bipolar disorder with periodic schizophrenic episodes. Uh, bipolar just means you have mood swings. Yeah. Schizophrenia well, is voices in your head. Yeah, I know. And like different personalities kind of thing. No. What? That's multiple personality disorder. Oh, okay. Sorry. Schizophrenia is just voices talking to you. Okay. Saying, hey, you know, aliens would not get you if you just burn down the school out. bus garage. <laughs> Mental health is very important. Take care of your mental health. Anyway, so the psychiatrist also noted that Hansen uh, had an infantile personality, uh, mostly because he focused his revenge towards those that he felt had wronged him. Uh, that was straight from the psychiatrist himself. What year is it? Uh, 1960. Oh, when he was um, arrested. 1960, 1960. Humphrey Bogart. That what? was who wronged him. Oh, probably. I don't know. Is it in Iowa, in Pocahontas, <laughs> Iowa? Yes. Oh, okay, girl. Okay. popular. Okay. Um, so then over the next several years, he was arrested many more times, mostly for petty theft. Uh, he married his second wife in 1963 and ended up having two children with her before the family moved to Anchorage, Alaska in 1967. In 1972, Hansen was convicted of assault and was placed in a work release program after six months. In 1976, he pleaded guilty to larceny after he was caught stealing a chainsaw and was sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, it was at this point that he was also ordered by the court to actually receive psychiatric help for his bipolar disorder. So he was diagnosed 16 years prior and just didn't get any help <laughs> for it. Um, so what? <laughs> uh, so the Alaskan Supreme Court was like, uh, five years is a lot for trying to steal a chainsaw, so uh, please leave. And so they reduce the sentence. Um, so then going from 1976, we're going to go ahead and fast forward a tiny bit to June 13th of 1983. This is when a 17-year-old Cindy Paulson, excuse you. Cindy Crawford? Cindy Paulson escaped from Robert Hansen as he was trying to load her into his water biplane. Uh, she had told police that, thank you. Uh, she had told police that he had suffered, suffered, that he had offered her $200 to perform oral sex, but when she got in the car, he pulled a gun on her and drove her to his home. And there's no further mention of his wife or kids mm. who live with him or moved with him to Anchorage, Alaska. So what happened there? Are they just chilling at the home too, not knowing what's happening? Or did she divorce him? Like what's, No, they're, I, they're no, okay with it. I didn't see any information in all three sources that I looked at. Yeah, they. Were, I mean, they were like... Who is this girl that you have she doing handcuffed in, in, in the house? Um, he held her captive, tortured her, raped her, and then left her chained to a wooden post because you know what really gets you tired? Torturing and raping people. Mm -hmm. So why not go ahead and take a nap? So he took a nap. Oh. Um, when he awoke up, he put her in his car, drove her to a small public-use airport uh, in Anchorage, where he then told her that he intended to take her out to his cabin. Paulson had crouched in the back seat of the car uh, with her handcuffs in front of her and saw an opportunity to escape when Hansen was loading the cockpit of his biplane. Uh, while he had his back turned... Everybody in Alaska knows how to fly a plane. Yeah, like because everybody. you can't get anywhere. There's no roads that like connect cities to cities. You have to fucking fly everywhere. You could walk. You could if you want to go through the Alaskan wilderness. I'm going to get to that in a second. Okor? Okor. I mean... <laughs> I mean... Green New Deal. We can't have those. Oh, gosh. Um, so, while he had his back turned, she crawled out of the back seat, opened up the driver's side door, and ran towards 6th Avenue in Anchorage. Uh, Hansen panicked and chased her, but Paulson had managed to make it to 6th Avenue and flagged down a truck before he caught up to her. The driver, who was alarmed by her appearance, she's handcuffed and barefoot, uh, and I assume very disheveled, uh, picked her up and... Uh, in the car, not literally lifted her up, picked her up in his truck and took her to a nearby inn. She darted inside once he stopped and pleaded with the clerk to allow her to call her boyfriend at another hotel while the driver was like, oh, that was weird, and drove to work, and at which point he called the police. So while he was at work, he was like, oh, uh, yeah, it was probably... Something weird happened today. Weird. Um, some girl handcuffed barefoot yeah. in the woods came out and I picked her up. Picked her up. <laughs> and uh, brought her to a hotel. Took her to a hotel. Do you guys think that I should do anything about that or, or something i don't know i mean he didn't have like a cell phone to like call someone at the i mean it's 1983 so what are you gonna do so i mean I understand still him though going why don't you stay hang out with her at the exactly hotel? and be like uh i'm pretty certain my bosses will understand me being late for work in this instance because 
something <laughs> shitty was happening. Something is going on yeah. here. And also, why was her first instance to call her boyfriend and not the police? Maybe because she was a sex worker and she was like, I don't want to tell you that I was doing sex work and then I got abducted. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Uh, then the police arrived at the inn after he had called the police uh, and the, or the driver had called the police uh, telling them about a barefoot handcuffed woman. Uh, and the police is, are just like, again? Again? Why does this keep happening in Anchorage? Um, so then at which point the innkeeper was like, uh, she went to a hotel. Um, so then they went to the that hotel where they found her in her room alone, still handcuffed. Um, so the boyfriend wasn't she even was there. Not even thinking about anybody needing to get these handcuffs no, off. No, she's still in the handcuffs, like right in front of her. She's still barefoot, and she's just like, <laughs> uh, "Come so on, eighties woman, yeah. what the hell?" So then the police took her to the station and questioned her, and uh, she described Hanson. Hanson. Uh, she also was like, "If you don't believe me, I left my shoes in his car. You, they're they're blue blue shoes. They're in the back seat of his car, so you can go find him." And they were like, uh, "Okay." So then when police asked Hansen, he was like, I didn't do anything. Uh, and claimed that she was just causing trouble because he refused to pay her extortion demands. Uh, so she was, he was accusing her of extortion, saying that she was trying to uh, manipulate him uh, into, you know, doing all this stuff. And he refused to do it. So she was like, oh, he attacked me. And so they were like, okay, so we're either believing this man who even though he's had run-ins with the law he's very calm and he's like our town baker and like his close friend was like robert would never do this he'd never do any of that stuff and so it was like okay believe the sex worker or this upstanding sit not upstanding but a citizen of our city that like you know is giving back in where everybody knows his name exactly uh so then they were just like okay well you're not what you didn't get that reference no it was a popular 80s television show named cheers oh yeah where everybody knows your name Oh. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Anchorage. You can go there. I mean, it will do the Whoops. The show Frasier stemmed from it. Oh, I like Frasier. Frasier so was a Frasier. character on Cheers. Mm. You know who else was there? Who? Rita Rudner. Yes? Gloria somebody. Who married Danny DeVito? Rita Perlman. Rita Perlman. Rita Perlman. Rhea. 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 Perlman. Love that. Hello. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to hijack this conversation. We'll just talk about Danny DeVito for the rest of the podcast. Oh my God, Danny DeVito. I love I your love work. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they were like, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and believe Robert uh, and not this uh, other girl. And they would just were like you're not a serious suspect and the case just went cold so they had no idea what happened to this woman who raped her who tortured her they're just like yeah it wasn't wasn't robert so <laughs> i don't know what you're doing so bye well then in separate events that were happening concurrently alaskan state trooper detective floth uh had I'm sorry <laughs> floth f-l-o-t-h-e floth 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 uh he had been investigating some bodies that had turned up uh, in and around Anchorage, uh, a nearby town of Seward. Seward. There's no A in there. No, but I think it's Seward. Because it was named after a general. Okay. Who got Alaska for the people of the Americas. Okay. Cool. Woo! You did it. Uh, yeah, Seward, I guess. And then the... Oh, my God. Uh, and oh, also, my God. And also, oh my God! And also in the Matanuska Sasitna Valley, jeez, Matanuska Sasitna Valley. There you go. Um, got it. The first. Body... I'm also not okay with that pronunciation, but I'm not going to give you any suggestions. So just keep going. Okay. Anyways, the <laughs> first body that was found was found by construction workers near Eklutna Road, where the she was never identified. So this they gave her the name Eklutna Annie. Um, is Eklutna start with an A? E. Eklutna. Why would they name her Annie? I don't fucking know. I don't it know if that's Eklutna Aaron. If you say like Eklutna, if that's the correct way, Eklutna Annie? Could be. I don't know. Anyways, so then we have Joanna Messina that was discovered in a gravel pit near Seaward. And then the remains of 23 year old Sherry Morrow was found near uh, Knick River. Nick River, Knick River, River. Some people Germans pronounce all the the letters. Knick knack, paddywhack. 
Give a dog Give a, a bone. Dog a bone. Uh, so then baked d- bones. Big ba- oh, baked bones. Uh, so then, call back to earlier, this earlier today. Uh, so then, Detective Float was like, um, "These are all about 150 miles apart from each other, but I think they're all connected." Um, and he was like, "I'm going to go ahead and call FBI Special Agent John Douglas to assist." Uh, who was like, "You know what? I'm going to go ahead and create a psychological profile based on the recovered bodies." So what did he say? He was like, "Hmm." Wow, it's okay. definitely a baker of some sort. <laughs> Basically. Uh, he was like, hmm, well, this person was obviously an experienced hunter. Uh, this person's going to have low self-esteem, has a history of rejection of from women, uh, who would also probably keep the souvenirs for his murders, such as, like, the victim's jewelry. Uh, you know, sorry. You know what else? He will probably also have a stutter. Girl, like, how? Sorry, what? How the fuck are you going to know that? <laughs> he was like... Yeah, that person's going to have a stutter, too. Maybe the girl told him? I don't know. They went back to the sex Well, record. I mean, uh, Cindy knew it was Robert, and Robert was like, I didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> it's not him. Yeah. Tell us who it was. Who, who was it? It was and, him. He had a stutter. Yeah. We'll use that part, but not the other part. So, this, mind you, this that was Anchorage, and this is the Alaskan State Troopers. That he's doing their research on like the investigation of these three bodies that turned out. So they're not together at this point. So there's two different things happening at the same time. So this was happening in 1983. This was happening in 1981, 1982, that he was, like, investigating all that shit. Well... I feel like he went and found, like, a footprint around one of the bodies and just, like, belt, knelt down and sniffed it and then, like, licked, licked the snow a little bit. Yeah. He was like, definitely has a stutter. Definitely. That guy has a stutter. Like, How? I don't understand. Like, you're looking at these dead bodies that I'm sure have been there for quite some time. And you're just like, yep, he had a stutter. stutter. <laughs> <He's> Why? Inspector Gadget. <laughs> no. Um, so then it was about this time that Hansen's case literally dropped into the detective's lab. Because he was, like, looking into all this shit in, around, in and around Anchorage. And then he was like, this girl just got abducted and tortured. He's the fucking suspect. Like... Why are you guys being stupid? Um, so then, I mean, he fit the profile. He owned the profile that was made up by the FBI guy. Uh, and he owned a plane to get him to these difficult-to-reach areas uh, without, because you can't go anywhere else without one in Alaska. So using this profile and Cindy Paulson's testimony, they obtained warrants for Hanson's home, vehicles, and his plane. So, I mean, this if this detective hadn't come along and, like, was actually researching this stuff and was smart enough to p- put these things together, I'm not certain that he would have been caught. Hmm. <laughs> or not at this time. Like, how? Because they just let him go free after this happened. Because this happened in June. And then for five months, he was... Six months, he wasn't doing... He wasn't anywhere. Four months. I can't do math. We know that already, though. <laughs> uh, like, he, he was just out and about after he abducted Cindy Paulson and... No, nothing. Nothing was happening to him. He thought that he was just, like, good. Uh, So then on October 27th of 1983, detectives found jewelry belonging to some of the victims, uh, an array of firearms stashed in the uh, corner of his attic, and an avian... uh, Avian? Aviation map with X marks that had nothing else written on them, uh, three of which matched the exact locations of the three previous bodies that were found. Um, Others were later identified from many of these sites as well. Uh, when questioned about the evidence, he denied it for as long as he could before he was like, the women did it. The women were doing it. And to justify all, he was trying to justify all his actions. The women were doing what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the women were doing it, though. The women. The women. Uh, so then he confessed to attacking Alaskan women starting as far back as 1971. So basically right after he moved to Anchorage. Um, He's like... It's night here all the time. There's nothing to do. I need a new hobby. And it started murder. Abducting, started, started abducting women and murdering them. Uh, he originally started with 16 to 19-year-old girls and then later changed to sex workers, um, like the ones that had led to, the three that led to his arrest, uh, or four, I guess, technically, because it's Cindy. Um, but he changed them because he realized, like, in, uh, during this time in Alaska, they were building a big old pipeline in Anchorage, and so they had a lot of people, that drug dealers and sex workers and uh, construction workers and people who were always coming and going. So he was like, 
take from this group that's always coming and going. Vagrants. So, yeah, so they'll come in, be on the streets for two months or something like that, and then just fucking disappear, and you never hear from them again. And so he was like, I'm going to start taking people who don't matter to society, essentially, So they, it, in during this time. And so he just, that's what, what his targets were. Um, the Wamandetta! The Wamandetta. Uh, so then Hansen is known, so he started to confess to things. Hansen was known to have raped and assaulted over 30 Alaskan women. Uh, and uh, to have murdered at least 17, uh, ranging in age from 16 to 41. They were Lisa Futrell, uh, age 41. She was acknowledged by Hansen and her body was found uh, with Hansen's help. Uh, Malai Larson, she was age 28. She was also acknowledged and admitted to and had her body found by Hansen. Uh, Tammy Peterson, age 20, acknowledged and found with Hansen's help. Angela Ferdern, Federn, age 24, acknowledged and found with Hansen's help. Teresa Watson, she was acknowledged and found with Hansen's help. Uh, Delyn Sugar Frey, <laughs> Sugar is in quotes. I love that. Sugar um, or Sugar? Sugar. I just said it. Sugar. <laughs> sugar. Sugar. Um, I barely know her. Uh, she oh. was, <laughs> so they, he acknowledged her uh, murder as well, and the body was discovered on August 20th of 1985 by a pilot testing new tires on a sandbar of the Nick River. Um, there was also Paula Goulding. Uh, she was acknowledged and uh, body was found. Uh, Andrea Fish Altieri. Fish is also in quotes. Um, between the ages of 22 to 25, she went missing on December 2nd of 1981, and she was admitted by Hansen, but her body was never found. Uh, Sherry Morrow, which is one of the bodies that was already found, uh, he had, she was 23, admitted, and body was found. We have Eklutna Annie, uh, between the age of 16 to 25, we don't know. She was killed somewhere between the range of November of 1979 to June of 1980. She was admitted body one of one of the bodies that was found uh but her true identity true identity was never discovered uh we have joanna messina her body was found and he was admitted we have horseshoe harriet uh she was killed somewhere in the late 70s or early 80s uh she was acknowledged and the body was found with hansen's help the true identity of who she was was never discovered uh then we've got roxanne easland age 24 she went missing June 28th of 1980, uh, acknowledged by Hansen, and the body was never found. We have Celia Beth Van, Zin Van Zanten. Uh, she was age 17. He denied it, but it was suspected because her body was found at one of the X's on the map. Um, and then we also have Megan er Emmerich, who was 17, missing on July 7th of 1973. He denied that as well, but once again suspected because of the X on the aviation map. Her body was never found. So, yeah, that's a coincidence. What? I didn't do it, but there, I have a marking. I have a mark on died. my map where you found a body. Uh, yeah. Um, Could be anybody's. Yeah. Excuse and then, me? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and then we have Mary Phil, age 22, missing July 5th of 1975. He also denied that, uh, but once again suspected because he acts in the aviation map. Uh, of these 17 women, Hansen was only formally charged with the murders of four. We've got Sherry Morrow, just Joanna Messina, Eklutna Annie, and then Paula Goulding. Uh, he was also charged with the kidnapping and rape of Cindy Paulson. At his trial, he was charged with assault, theft, multiple weapons offenses, multiple weapons offenses, uh, kidnapping, and insurance fraud. Weirdly enough, what is the insurance fraud? <laughs> the insurance fraud was he had a big old trophy case full of like shit. Like a bunch of like gold trophies and stuff like that for being really good at hunting and archery, uh, and he because he broke a bunch of world records in Alaska, um, which I thought was interesting for mm. hunting and um, uh, archery, which whatever. So he says that his um, uh, trophies got stolen, and so he reported that to the insurance company, and then he just happened to find them and just forgot to tell the insurers that. He didn't actually, they didn't actually get stolen. And so he got charged for insurance fraud. <laughs> just add that to just pile it on. I'm sure the insurance company was like, you know what? He's bad. Yeah, he's a bad I, guy. I have something too. <laughs> I put it on the list. <laughs> Make sure he's charged. Make sure he's charged. Uh, yeah. So he originally was like, no, I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty until the ballistics test came back from the murder uh, victims. And they were like, yeah, all of the 
like All gunshot wounds oh. go to your rifle. Like they they're connected to your rifle. And so that's when he was like, "Okay, I'll do a plea deal." <laughs> so he pleaded. <laughs> they gu- got me, gal. Yeah, they got me, gal. He pleaded guilty to the four known victims and gave information about the other known victims in exchange for no publicity about his case and serving his time in a federal prison. So I guess he was like, "Don't put me on death row." I don't know that Alaska has the death penalty. I don't know now. Uh, what about in the eighties? Do you know? I don't know. They've always been pretty conservative, so maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I had no idea, so I wasn't certain. I just assumed that that's what it meant by, please let me go to a federal federal prison about that. Um, but yeah, he was like, don't tell anyone about this case. Don't bring any news media, any attention to this at all. Uh, and I'll give you all the information that you need. Uh, so that's what he got. There was, it, it, finding information on this was not necessarily the most easy thing to do. Because uh, I couldn't even find out like what his modus operandi was. Alaska has never had the death penalty. Okay. So I don't know what he gave in exchange for. Because, I mean, a, a federal prison, what, instead of state prison? I don't, I don't know. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So uh, he also confirmed a police theory of how the women were abducted, which never, there's no information on that. Um, and that sometimes that he would let, besides that he used sex workers, um, and that sometimes he would let his victims go if she was able to properly convince him that she would not report him to the police. So that's why he had 17 murder victims and over 30 women that he um, raped and tortured. But there's possibly a lot more. Um, he also admitted... Hmm. What? Why would you... I mean, I guess they have to convince him. Yeah. I was going to be like, just lie. Yeah. Get out of there, girl. But and you have say to it anyway. be very convincing. Exactly. Um, so also admitting that he would uh, take some to his cabin, which was about 150 miles from Anchorage, using the biplane, and then let them run free in the Alaskan wilderness as if to feign letting them go. And then he would hunt them the for sport. He would hunt them for sport. And he was good at it. Because he was winning all those awards for archery and with his rifle. So, yeah. So that was where the turn was going when I asked you, like, oh, do you think it's going to be cannibalism? Because I had no idea that it was going to be hunting for sport. I thought, cannibalism. He, he ate these people. Butcher Baker. No, he did not. <laughs> he shot, he would hunt them and shoot them for sport. Uh, he showed the investigators 17 grave sites, 12 of which were unknown to the police originally. Uh, he denied a couple of the bodies that were found near the X marks uh, he had on his map, but police still su- suspected him of those murders. Uh, Hansen was sentenced by a jury to 461 years in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, on August 21st, uh, for, 21st of 2014, he died at the age of 75. Uh, he there was no information of how he died or you know anything like that because once again they did not release information about his case because that's what they promised. Hmm. So yeah, hunted for sport. What the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, there's plenty of those. Did yeah. you ever read the most dangerous game? Uh, I've heard about it. Never watched it. It's a book. Or read it. Sorry. What did I say? Watched it. <laughs> Come on. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> Come on. Does it Sangria. have Danny DeVito in it? And they got Danny DeVito. I love your work. <laughs> we have to talk for two more minutes because we're almost at an hour. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, uh, and I'm going to tell you. And we're only allowed to ever had one underneath an hour. Okay. Well, then I'm going to use my two minutes very uh, intelligently here because I'm going to thank our sponsor, Economy oh Work. Yes. A free tent, the freelance talent network. That oh, Let me start again. I'm getting ahead of myself. Economy Works, <laughs> a freelance talent network that connects professionals with product work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works, when we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S.com. I did it! We love that. <laughs> I know. You know what else uh, we love? What? The girls over at Let's Talk About... Let's Talk About Gay, gay stuff. stuff! Hold on, let's do it again. Okay. Let's, let's talk, talk About Gay, gay Stuff! <laughs> I love whenever we do like a little like, let's talk about gay let's stuff. Let's talk about gay <laughs> stuff! Um, yes. Um, a, a, a treasure. A treasure. Especially Truly. during the uh, month of Pride. Pride Month! You want to learn about your history? Mm-hmm. Um, Which, 
you girls need to go read up. I've been seeing a lot of ignorance on all of the social media, and it's been making me mad. Go read up in your history, period. Period, sis. And you don't even have to read. They'll tell you all about it. You can listen to them. Yeah. You can go on your walks. You can do your thing. You can work from home. You can do whatever you're doing during this pandemic. Read, not read, listen, and get your history. So that's Let's Talk About Gay Stuff at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff on Instagram and Facebook. And Talk Gay Stuff on Twitter. Yes. Uh, we also did not plug ourselves. Well, I mean, that's what I was about to get to. Okay, whoa. I mean, if you were interested, <laughs> you could follow us at... Which you better be. You're listening right now. At OurSpoopyPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. That's OurSpoopyPodcast Spoopy at Instagram. OurSpoopy on Facebook. and No, Twitter. on Twitter. And OurSpoop on Facebook. Yes. Drop us a line. That's our spoopy podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. And also, like I mentioned earlier, because we did plug that, um, our sassy hour, not sassy hours, well, basically, um, our little happy hours, little segment. Uh, we've got craft cocktails with Chris and sizzling with Spencer. Spencer. There we go. Uh, they're cute little segments. You get to see, like, kind of the behind the scenes of what Spoopy Podcast does to get ready. We have our little drinks, we have our foods, we get ready, we get excited for the podcast, and we get drunk on podcasts. Uh, no. I do. This is... I asked you to take the liquor out of mine. Oh, yeah. I, it's a mocktail. I, 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 I asked her to no, take the liquor no out of No liquor. Oh, I, I thought you asked for double tequila. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I thought that you wanted that IV of tequila <laughs> into your brain. No. Hot dog water. Straight up straight into the in. brain. <laughs> <Gross>. LOL. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Should we tell them to get, get spoopy, spoopy with, 